Why Does Coaching Matter? How You Become a Better Coach and Build a Stronger Team. Today, in Coaching for Potential, we're going to show you how to reset and rewire your leadership language. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, my friend. I am so glad we have another opportunity to talk about the importance of coaching and how it really does help an individual's potential, but also the group's potential. You bet. So excited to hear about um, better coaches and stronger teams. Absolutely. We want to help people improve their career sets. If you learn how to coach effectively and you can inspire your team, you can move up the career path more effectively. I think that's a, an incredibly powerful tool. And that's what we're talking about today is how to help people move up the career path. So what do you see as the most desired skills for any type of frontline manager? I mean, that's a great question. And actually, we've got some data here. Chief Learning Officer Magazine said the most sought after skill of frontline managers is, in fact, coaching. So, yeah, uh, we wouldn't pick another topic for this one. So you have <laughs> to have that one, you know. Uh, but really, we want to talk about what makes a great coach and what makes a great manager. And coaching is one of those fundamental skills that you've got to have to be a great manager. You know, as, as thousands of entrepreneurs and executives out there, they're working and they're, they're trying to be the best they can be. But coaching is one of the most critical skills that any leader can master in order to ensure their career success. And not only their career, but the people around them in the whole organization, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, as you lift the boats of other folks, guess what? Your boat gets lifted too. And that's such a powerful skill for all of us to recognize that and to work with that and to you know move on in a positive way, move our folks in a positive direction and also our um, our career in mm -hmm. a positive direction. Do most managers inspire or instruct? Man, that is a great question. And just the way you ask that is is perfect because um, you know what happens is when people spend their time instructing employees, do it this way, do it that way, do it this way, they diminish inspiration. They don't inspire employees, they instruct them. And so a Gallup poll, uh, according to a Gallup poll, 86% of employees think their bosses are uninspiring. That's oh, my. That's almost 9 out of 10. And the reason that's the key, and I'm convinced of this, and it comes back to the data that I see when I'm out there working with clients, is about 8 out of 10 managers have never been taught how to coach. And so that data really can, you know, goes along with, since eight out of 10 managers don't know how to coach, guess what? They're going to lack the ability to inspire their folks to perform at the highest level possible. So coaching can be a great tool on that. And then there's another example of another study. Gallup finds that 72% of millennials who strongly agree that managers help them establish performance goals are engaged. So if a manager helps a, a millennial establish performance goals, guess what? That millennial feels they're engaged. And that's also across all generations. Individuals who strongly agree that their manager helps them set performance goals are nearly eight times more likely to be engaged than if they strongly disagree with that statement. Wow. So again, that comes back to allowing them to have those performance goals when managers know how to coach and they can show people how to set those performance goals. 
guess what? The organization succeeds. The organization moves forward. Your team moves forward. And guess what? You can be viewed as inspirational rather than missing the engagement. And what? then according and go ahead. No, I just you, you keep talking about managers and that's kind of what we've called them. Why don't we call them coaches? What's the difference between a coach and a manager? No, that's a great key. I think managers instruct people, whereas coaches focus on listening first and truly, truly using uh, the model of trying to listen 80% of the time and only talking about 20% of the time. Uh -huh. So asking people, what do you think? Uh, what's your process? And so I think that's the biggest key between managers and coaches. So that's a great question. I, I like that one. It, it seems as though we use the title manager, but we really should be using the title coach, right? Right. Or coach manager or uh, coach manager. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Come up with a, a a word that you manage, but you've got a coach too. I think is the the key there. And, and go into just a bit of the real specific difference between the two of managing and coaching. Mm -hmm. And what do you mean by that? Can you kind of expand upon? Well, that if a second? if um, a man a manager um, is there to accomplish the task, and coaches are there to inspire the potential out of people. I, I think yeah. that's a rough thing, but I want to hear a little bit more about what how you would describe it. No, I think that's a really critical key. I think managers, they, they end up focusing so much on the task, and they want their people to get the task done, whereas coaches are focused on two things. They want to get the task done, but they also want to get their people done. Gotcha. And they grow their people by having, you know, putting the, as you've said a number of times, putting the thought bubble over that employee's mm -hmm. head and saying, what is the key factor that you can do? How can you contribute? What would you do to this process? How can you handle this goal? What would you do with this task that we have in front of us? Rather than being focused on the task, focused on the employee and how they can accomplish that task and give them the freedom, and the opportunity to do that. That is really a powerful tool. If you are a manager and you become a better coach, what type of results happen? Well, if you become a better coach as a result of this, you get you get uh, folks that are engaged. You get people that are more confident. And also you're more in collaborative and empowering. You, you've got – you're pointing to teams that are more resourceful and more insightful. Unlike training where there's a curriculum or a trainer sets the agenda, coaches focus on – the team member. I believe in that team member. I want to give them a safe environment. In the last podcast, we talked about the power of safety and coaching. And the more that you can allow people to feel safe, guess what? The greater engagement, the greater results. But as a manager, as a, as a coach, you've got to give them that sense of safety. You've got to build that sense of trust. And we build that safety and trust. And you say, you can try this. You can do this. I believe in you. Then you get that true engagement that they say, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to give this a try. And then they're willing to ask and challenge you with some tough questions so they can be more effective as team members on the team. And they get that sense of, you know, it's like, you know, a team member, whenever you've seen somebody in football and they cross the goal line and they they celebrate with their teammates, that sensation. You want your teammates to have that sensation of taking the ball across the goal line, helping them to be successful, letting them see that success is that's so critical. So that that insight, that experience is so critical for your folks to to feel what it's like to carry the ball across the goal line. When you do that, you're a coach and you're not a manager. And you're not putting anything in the back. You're still accomplishing all your goals in a better way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And what I've seen from managers when they do this, when slash managers slash coaches, when coaches do this and they truly start asking questions and engaging people and letting them do the task that they have and letting them to learn and to grow, guess what? The manager's job becomes easier because they're not focusing on that process so much. They're, they're focusing on helping build people rather than to, um, than just worry about the task. Mm -hmm. What would you say is one of the major things uh, that you need to have to be a coach? What's one well, of the major skills? Yeah, I, obviously, that one of the major skills is to be a great listener. Um, employees who feel their voice is heard are four times or 4.6 times more likely to oh, feel wow. empowered to do their best work according to a Salesforce survey featured in Forbes magazine. So who wouldn't want to have their folks to feel four point or almost five times more empowered to do their best work according to Salesforce. So we'd all want that. And I think that's such a powerful tool. And also to be a better listener. I, I love the idea that, you know, we've got two ears and one mouth, but the mm -hmm. ratio of listening to talking should probably be equivalent to our two ears and one mouth. Mm -hmm. We want to listen twice as often as we talk, uh, particularly when we're working with team members and particularly new team members to find out where they're at and what their perspective is. So listening should be about 50% of your job as a manager coach, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if it should be 50%. It probably should be about two thirds oh. uh, or maybe 80%. I, the best managers, when we do surveys of the best managers and best coaches and the ones that I get that see the highest marks truly listen about 80% of the time. Their, their people actually in the evaluations and the feedback they get, guess what? They tell those managers that they do it. Uh, they, they listen about 80% of the time. And that's such a powerful tool. Wow. That's greater than the two thirds model that we have with two ears and one mouth. But if you can hit the 80% the model, you can truly be a very, very powerful powerful and you can listen at a deep level you're going to find out what are their fears their concerns their issues and when you can do that you can truly be a powerful coach mm -hmm. i think and uh, my wife would say this about me you think you're a good listener but you need to improve uh what are some ideas to make people better listeners I think one of the greatest things you can do as a coach is to challenge your people, uh, to give them the authority to say, you know what, I'm working on my listening skills. I'm working on my ability to listen and truly find out what's going on uh, with you. And so you can, in fact, you know, you can uh, uh, challenge me. If I don't listen well, you do, you know, you can just do it. Is, is this your listening uh, skills or is this your instruction skills? Mm -hmm. What are you more focused on and what do you want to accomplish? And give them the authority to ask those questions. If you do that, guess what? They're going to call you on it and you're going to get that immediate feedback. If we don't allow our employees to call us on it, we're not going to get that feedback and we're not going to change the behavior. Yeah, make yourself accountable to them. Exactly. One thing that I know you've mentioned many times is as opposed to answering a question, answer a question with a question to make them think through it. That's probably a good way to listen as well. That's exactly right. I mean, that's, that's one of the, and then you don't, you don't have to challenge them to challenge you, but to, that is a great point. If you can ask them a question about what they just said, tell me more about that mm -hmm. or what else? Uh, that is the great question by Michael Bungay Stainer. Uh, he wrote the book, The Coaching Habit, and he's got the awe question and, and what else? So when people give you some feedback, you can say, and what else? And it's just a great way to get more information and to get a, a greater sense of where you're at with that. So we want to inspire and not instruct. Right. Uh, we want to coach. 
overmanaging, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that we listen up to eighty percent of the time. This is exactly this right. is a little different from what a lot of people think they should be doing. Um, exactly. How do people adjust to this? Because what what's interesting about your co- your coaching technique and um, the fact that you focus on this is it really does help people succeed on the bottom line as well. They grow into their potential, but it's so different from what the way people do their work. They're thinking, I don't know about this. Um, what's the what's a challenge that people have when they're trying to change their mindset on this? You mean as far as uh, you know, if I'm like if I'm training new managers, that yes. just got this new idea. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing is um, they've got to recognize that. Uh, you know, this might be a better way for them. They've got to be free to, to accept there's a different way or a different model. And I will tell you, uh, some do and some don't. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ones that don't seem to struggle. Uh, but as we have the, the way to overcome that for me, when I work with the entire team is when members of the team adopt the, the coaching philosophy and they use it and they start to ask questions and they start to engage people they start to see better results with their team. And particularly when I work with financial institutions, you've got various branch managers who, in fact, embrace it. You start to see those employees talking to employees from other branches and they say, hey, I really like how this person has changed. Or I like how my manager uh, is running the organization differently. And that word gets back to those other managers who are reluctant to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the key. And then sometimes it's, uh, I've actually interviewed a, a gentleman, Rick Olson, and he told me a story about a coaching process he had, and I won't steal his thunder, but, um, you know, sometimes when managers don't accept these processes or these tools, uh, guess what? Employees can go, in fact, to senior management and complain about it, and he will be on a, a, a podcast probably in this next month, and it'll be uh, where he talks about what happened uh, to a senior executive who ran into that trouble oh, and didn't yeah. adopt a coaching model, didn't adopt this process, uh, ran into a and we're really employees walked into the CEO's office and said, it's him or us. You decide. Oh my. Yeah. That's, that's never a good career. No. Move. And so then I won't steal his thunder on the story, but that's another key. I mean, if, if, if you don't listen to your employees and you don't engage with them, they may in fact go to senior management and complain about it. And if that happens, then uh, things are going South for a lot of people. Yeah. That would be a be- very bad situation, but there's also a lot of bad situations where people just leave. After you've trained them and spent a lot of time, or they say even worse is that they stay and they are not motivated to do a good job. That's right. I mean, they're just, that's where we talked about those engagement numbers that we talked about earlier uh, in the podcast. You know, you're talking about people who, you know, eight out of 10 people who aren't engaged and they're not because managers were instructed and not coaching. And I think that's an important question. You could just ask people, you could just ask your employees that, you know, here's, if you've got 10 employees, just hand out 10 pieces of paper and say on a scale of one to 10, how engaged do you feel yeah. in our organization? And just have them put a number on that, get the results back, put the average up and then say, okay, uh, what could I do uh, to help us get more engagement with this group? And they're going to tell you things like listen to us, involve us, uh, use our ideas, ask for our opinions. And that's really the essence of coaching. So it's that simple to get that kind of feedback. But you've got to give them a safe place to be able to do that. They've got mm-hmm. to feel that they can actually put the exact number on there. But if you can do it with absolute anonymity and they can do it anonymously 
and they feel confident that they won't be any retribution on that, then guess what? You'll get feedback that you need, and that can be the feedback that is the, the impetus of the change that you need to create in your career. And when you do that, uh, you're going to have a much greater future. Your employees have a much greater future. You're going to have greater results. You're going to hit your goals, and your career is going to propel uh, forward in a very, very positive way. So I think those are really critical skills uh, to get that feedback from your folks so that you can improve as a coach and a manager. That's what this uh, program is all about. Uh, we've done over 100 programs where we talk about coaching and how it really does uh, help with potential. A lot of people think that it's for the group or for the people you coach, but it really is a f about your own career as well. Exactly right. I mean, when you use these skills, I see people who their careers go forward. I just uh, give you an example of this. This last week, I was talking to a CEO and I was saying, how are things going and what's your perspective? And you know, she was talking about some of the folks who have really embraced this concept and become truly great coaches. And then some people that haven't, for whatever reason, not embraced it. And that what her perception of them is based on their ability to learn how to coach and involve these skills and use these skills at the level that they need to do that. So I think that's, uh, you know, it's not only your career, but how does your manager view you based on do you use these skills or not use these skills? And that really makes an impact on your career going forward too, because those senior managers make a decision on who's going to get promoted to those more senior levels of the organization. And they're watching you and they start making an analysis of, are you in fact using those tools? And I thought that was a real, really great insight mm -hmm. from that CEO because she noticed Smart. that people weren't, weren't, some weren't adopting it. And guess what? She noticed. Well, if you want to know more, if you mm -hmm. want more tools, people, you always are open to people giving you a call, right? Or contacting Absolutely. you. What's the best way to contact you? Uh, one of the best ways to contact me is they can go to Coaching Manager University, and there's actually a form there that they can fill out to send to us, and we'll get that. Uh, they can also go to RoyRoland.com, but we're also... Uh, giving away a free copy of Coaching Managed University. It's a 52-module online program. Uh, so for the first person who sends us an email and says, I want to do this program, we'll send it to you absolutely free because that's how that's really how we sponsor this program is through the uh, programs that we offer through mm -hmm. Coaching Managed University. But if you send me an email, uh, don't worry about the price. I will give it to you absolutely free. So that's Excellent. coachingmanager.university. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, Rory. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, Paul. Have a great one. We'll see you next time. You bet. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.